Come on, let's worship him this morning in your praise. life and the next. We'll be praising you forevermore. Holy Spirit, come and bring revelation to our soul this morning. Give us reason to worship. Give us reason to bless the name of Jesus in this place. Lord, we open up our mind. We open up our spirit this morning to connect with you, to find your presence, to bring you more and more glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Emmanuel, God with us here in this service this morning. Coming from all different backgrounds and different weeks, some good weeks, some bad weeks, but we're here together. And Holy Spirit, you minister each and every one of us in a unique way. So we thank you for your healings and thank you for your wholeness in your presence. Amen. Amen. Why don't you take your seats? Thanks, guys. Good to be in church, hey? Funny time of the year. It's funny weather, isn't it, at the moment? It's cold in the morning and then hot in the day. You find yourself with the heater on and the doors open and a T-shirt on and a vest over the top. It's just confusing, confusing time of the year. I'm really looking forward to bringing you the word this morning. If I haven't met you this morning, welcome. Hope you feel welcome. And uh, we're just going to spend about 20 minutes looking into the scriptures and see what God has for us. Come this morning as we journey into his word with an expectation that something in here is for you, okay? This is not just me bringing you some words that you've already heard a billion times. It's something for you and relevant for your today and in your life and what's going on. I'm going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is a letter that Paul wrote to a young pastor. And I'll start from the beginning. And it says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. May God the Father and and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. They're great qualities, aren't they? Of three, three words to choose, there's some pretty good words there. Grace, mercy, and peace. Verse 3, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Day and night, I consistently remember you in my prayers. 
I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I'll be filled with joy when we are together again. Yeah, just imagine for a second, this is, this is Timothy reading this letter from his, his superior, his, you know, his mentor, and encouraging words that Paul's writing to him here. I remember your genuine faith in verse 5, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same mind, uh, that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift that God has given us hands on. Fan into flame, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I'm just... You know, there's a couple of lines in there that you've probably heard a thousand times, but um, they're in the midst of, I love to find the context that these famous lines are written in. And this is, a, this is a short book written as an encouragement to a young pastor that you can do it. Keep going. God is with you. He's been with your grandmother and with your mother, and now he's strong in your life as well. I laid my hands on you, Paul said. I imparted faith into you. Now go and do the work of God and, and be encouraged. But towards the end of that reading I just read, it says this, but fan into flames the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. And and it was interesting to me how Paul takes the first six verses encouraging Timothy, but gets to a point where he puts the onus back on Timothy and says, you need to fan into the flames the gifts on your life. You need to do it. And uh, that's what we're going to do this morning. I'm going to spend a bit of time encouraging you, but I want you to be able to leave this place knowing that the challenge is for you to encourage yourself. Does that sound okay? At the start of this year, I got up my very first sermon of the year, and I felt it was of God to bring. And it was, can anyone remember what it was without looking back in your little book there? It It was to guard your heart. And for many people had a, a tough 2017, and going into 2018, my challenge to you was to look after yourself this year, to don't go beyond your means, but to, 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 you know, live a healthy life and look after yourself, because we need you here long term, and God needs you here long term. And sometimes people, you know, pull out of the race early because they haven't looked after themselves. And so we brought a message and we looked at the thought of guarding your heart, looking after yourself. Well, there's a, there's a phase, there's a part of this that I want uh, to dwell on this morning. It's really a tool and a technique of looking after yourself so that you'll make it long term and you have a successful life. And uh, I find it in the very beginning of this book. I find it in Genesis. I think you can find so much right at the beginning of this Bible, tools and techniques and principles that God put in place in that early book of the beginnings, Genesis, and how everything is supposed to, to run. And, uh, and I look at the very first chapter of Genesis. I won't read it because you know it all well. It's the chapter of God creating the world in six days and then rest on the seventh. And, and it's interesting that as he goes through day one and day two and day three, he goes through and at the end of the day, what does he do? He comments on it 
and says, it is good. Right? You with me? He makes light and darkness and it is good. He makes the, he separates the waters and the heavens and the earth, has a look at the end and goes, you know what? It's good. He creates the animals. I might be getting the order wrong here, but he, he creates all these things. Every time he goes, it is good. Until he gets to any different time, man in his own point, he just stops and he says, you know what? It is good. And I wanted to highlight this morning the, the, the tip, the tool, the technique you may need for your life in this season is to stop and say, you know what? It is good. It's what we're going to look at this morning. Celebrating the stages as the stages come. Celebrating the stages. Because I don't know about you, but I can get trapped in the wheel of life and find that I haven't celebrated some of the stages that I've gone through before I found myself in another stage with another challenge. And before long, you haven't said for a long time, it is good. We've achieved something here. We, we, do, this, we do this instinctively as humans. Uh, we, in, the, in the beginning, we, we like to encourage each other. And I want to use the example of a child uh, taking their first steps. You know, have you ever seen a parent whose child is just taking the first steps? And the parents are like, oh my goodness, look at you, come on. Come on. And, and you know, and they get up and they're wobbling on their feet and then they crash. And you're like, oh, you are so good. Come on, you can do this. And they're encouraging and they're really into it. And everyone else is like, what are you? Like, that's not that great a walking. You know, like, that baby keeps falling over. But the parent doesn't see. He's like, come on, you can do it. Take that step. And eventually they take the first step, right? And it's like a huge celebration. Oh, they can take a step. But think about it for a second. They are terrible walkers. It was a pretty bad step. It was completely uncoordinated. They fell over again. But we don't care so much of that, do we? We like celebrate it. I mean, I mean, it's a really pitiful attempt, really, how they're walking. When you compare it to, I mean, when I was watching the walking at the Commonwealth Games, the running. I mean, these guys, they know how to walk. They know how to run. Right? These canyons are built with six-foot-long legs, amazing torso. They're graceful. It's brilliant. Comparing that to how a baby is stumbling through, yet we get so excited because we know it's just the first stage, isn't it? And we get excited about the first. You did it. Yeah. And then, oh, they're taking a walk now. And then you go, come on, come on. And the parent always takes a few steps back to get him walking. I wonder what's going through the kid's mind at that stage. I'm like, I'm making, where are you going? Yeah. But they get through and we celebrate the stages. But often as we grow up, as we mature in life, we forget the importance of celebrating the stages as they come. We get entangled in the circle of life, the wheel of life, and we don't celebrate very much anymore. Cassia was in hospital uh, a few weeks ago, um, getting through some surgery, and she was in a, she, for three days she was in this room, which was a shared room, just a curtain in between her and an elderly lady. So she got to know this elderly lady um, 
pr pretty well. And this um, elderly lady had had a hip surgery as well, different type of hip surgery to Cassia's, but, um, and, but she had had complications. She'd had this hip surgery about six months earlier, and she'd been in and out of hospital non-stop since that six weeks because she had infections and she was constantly coming back and forth and and um and anyway Cassia struck up a few conversations with her and and she didn't have a lot of uh hope she was quite she was quite elderly and you know you felt sorry for this lady and what she was going through but at one stage um Cassia was telling me when I came to visit that day that that morning, the curtains were drawn, so Cass couldn't see, but you can hear everything. And the nurses come in and, and was helping her, maybe helping her go to the bathroom or do whatever she was doing. And, uh, and uh, this nurse asked this patient, said, how are you doing today? And she's like, oh, you know, sometimes I just feel like I'm taking one step forward and then two steps back. You ever know that feeling in life? Like, it just, you just, it's just not going on, you know? It's not working. And often we can feel like we take one step forward in an hour, we push and we work hard, take that step, but something comes up and knocks us back and we take two steps back. And Cassia was quite saddened by this comment and it has stuck with her since. And she has heard people um, since say very similar things. And maybe there's people in this room where you can identify with that. You know, sometimes it just feels like you you take a little bit of advancement, but then you get knocked back even further. And, to, and Cassia was praying the other day. She was actually driving in a car, and this revelation came to her. She was thinking through these words, and she could hear this patient's voice saying, one step forward, two steps back. And, and all of a sudden, Cass felt that she heard the voice of God come to her in a car while she's driving. The voice of God said, no, 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 you've got the ratio wrong. That is not one step forward and two steps back, but it's two steps forward and one step back. Often in life, we take a couple of steps forward and we take a knock and we get hit back. But I want to encourage you this morning, it's only one step back. And you're in a further on position than you were when you started. And this was a revelation to her, and I thought I'll use it this morning while she's in kids' church. If she ever uses that again, pretend you've never heard it, okay? But how true it is that we lose perspective sometimes in our life. And a knockback or a mountain or something can, can confront us. And when it takes us out a little bit, we just feel like all is lost. We're not all is lost. We just need to celebrate what we have achieved along the way. And God did it when he created the world. And if God needed to do it to keep him going, think about it. Come on, he's God. Like, we need to do it. Why do we think that we don't need to celebrate our wins? You know, like it's like a humility thing. You know, but no, we're to celebrate our wins. We're to celebrate our achievements. We're supposed to mark how far we've come. We've, we've, we've said that this year, 2018, is a milestone year for this year. You remember that message? And that we're going to mark some milestones this year with none, none bigger than, than the building, which is just around the corner. That's a big milestone for this year. But there's many people I've spent time with in the church this year who have told me uh, of some big steps that they're taking this year. 
milestone year. And I want to, I want to champion you with that. I want to be like Paul writing to Timothy and say, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. But it's got to get to a point where you need to fan into flame what God has put in you. My words of encouragement aren't going to be enough for you sometimes. You need to fan into flame for yourself. You need to encourage yourself. Is that good? <laughs> There's another story in the Bible, and this is my final, my final thought. Encouraging yourself, encouraging yourself. And I, and I thought, I, I'm sure there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about encouraging yourself. I think it was David. He, he, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And that sounded familiar, but I didn't know where it was, so I went to Google. You, can do, you know what I mean? You go to Google when you can't find something in the Bible. I don't know how the previous generation did it with concordances and, you know, I mean, you just go to Google. It's so easy. Yeah, you studied the Bible. That's right. And I found where it was. And it's in 1 Samuel chapter 29 and chapter 30. It goes for two chapters. And I encourage you to read this when you get home. It's a long, long read, so I'm not going to do it right now. But let me give you the gist of the story. So David was still quite young. But he had, he, he had his own army. He was uh, leading Judah at the time. But Saul was still in the position of the leader of the, the commander of the army of all of Israel. Saul uh, didn't like David at this point because David was rising up and people were acknowledging him, his gift. And um, people were singing songs about how David is greater than Saul. And it was, Saul was getting quite jealous. So Saul was after David. He wanted to take him out. And we're coming up to where this story starts. And and anyway, so, so David's sort of in hiding, and he has 600 men that he's leading, but he's sort of in hiding with them, and he finds an ally um, from Gath, the nation of Gath, the king of Gath, he, he, he finds an ally in this man, his name is Akish, Akish, and, um, and anyway, so Akish is helping David travel around and, and hiding him, Akish uh, is actually... Um, the king of Gath, they're on, they're on good terms with the Philistines, who actually is, you know, a long, we've got a long history being at war with the Philistines as far as Israel is concerned. And anyway, so, but funnily enough, David is in hiding from the Israeli king Saul with, sort of with the enemy, like he's just hiding in the enemy's camp. And they're traveling around. Anyway, they're coming up, the Philistines are coming up in war against somebody else. And, um, Akish, the king of Gath, says to David, just stay with us, it'll be fine, you can, you can hide out here, we'll, we'll, you can hide in numbers. And, uh, but the Philistine leaders of the camp find out that this David is hiding somewhere in their barracks, you know, with 600 um, of his men. And they're like, we don't like the sound of this. I mean, we've heard stories of this, David, and he, who knows, we could, he could, you know, pretend he's fighting with us and then turn on us and take us all out. So we don't want Gath and said, this guy, you're the, the king, of, we don't want him, get rid of him and all his men. And this, this king of Gath said, but he's, no, no, I found him to be an honorable man. I found him to be true. I found him to be noble. He's, he's fine. You can trust him. And they said, no, we can't trust him. We want him gone. So Akish calls in David, and he says, David, I don't know how to tell you this, I'm really sorry, 
but you can't be a part of, of, of this. You've you got to get going. And David's like, what? I've always been trustworthy. I've never done anything wrong. You know, honourable and I've always... And what are you doing? I've got to go. And he said, I'm sorry, it's not my decision. You read this in this chapter. It's not my decision. I would have you here, but the, the Philistines don't want you here, so you're going to have to go. He's like, oh, all right. So he takes his 600 men. Come on, boys, we've got to go. They go back to their, uh, their city, Ziglag, and they go back there, three-day journey to get there, 600 men, and they find that the Amalekites have ransacked the city and taken prisoners, taken their family members as prisoners and burnt the city and, and done all that kind of stuff. Man, you know, a couple of steps back... Talk about taking a couple of steps back. And David's he's faced with this, what has just happened? I haven't done anything wrong here. And yet, these circumstances have just ripped apart my whole existence. And taken my family, two wives he lost in that. Two, two of David's wives, you know, you could have two wives back then. Two wives were taken, as well as the... Wives and children of the 600 men who were with David. And he gets back to camp and he's like, man. And the 600 men who David thought were his buddies turn on him. Probably emotionally driven, but the, you know they've lost their family, they've lost their homes. David, what are you doing? And, and David starts to hear grumblings in amongst his own men that they want to take him out. It was his fault. Man, talk about a knockback. And it says clearly in just one little line at this moment in the story, but David found strength in the Lord his God. That's the NLT version. In the Lord James Version says, he was by himself, that's for sure. He was out on a limb, no one else helping him. The English Standard Version says, But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That was the end of that. Just one little line, very famous, but that's the background to that line. In the midst of everything going wrong. Oh, it's Barbatora. <laughs> Come on, Ray, protect her. <laughs> and in the midst of, in the midst of David, who must have just been like, you know, I didn't deserve this. Life just smacked me up one side of the face and the other side and has the opportunity to retreat. It says that he strengthened himself. Or the oldest version, the King James Version that we have here, it says he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he said, go and get me this and go and get me that, the things that they used to uh, represent the presence of God. And said, so go and bring them here. I just need to inquire of the Lord. And he stopped and he spent time with God, he inquired of the Lord, should we go and chase these guys down, the Amalekites? Should we go and get them? And he felt God say, yes, go and get them. So he and the 600 men 
and you can read the story. It's a pretty cool story, but I've got past my point. They chase him down, and they, and they slaughter them all. They get back all of their livestock, their family, everything that they had lost. They hadn't lost one thing at the end of it. And uh, it's a very cool story. But the key to, the, to it, in the guts of the story, when everything is going wrong for David, he stopped, and he encouraged himself in the Lord. He got perspective. Just have the team back up here, please. He got perspective while spending time in the presence of God. I've been in this place before. I've, I've had some not-so-nice things come up against me and just, oh, well, I wasn't saying amen at the time. <laughs> and, you know... Knocks you back, and it's like, where'd that come from? And not even the encouragement of those around me seemed to get me out of it. You know what I mean? As strong as encouragement is, and as strong as the power in our voice is, sometimes the encouragement from other people isn't enough to get us out of it. And we try and we try and we try, even in our own strength, to encourage ourselves where we just can't shake the thing. But I've found that if I can find the presence of God, and hear his voice speaking over me like David must have in that moment. Go and get them. Well, he did. And I have in those moments too. There's nothing like the presence of God and hearing his voice that changes everything. It brings you back to this, the, the, the creation story of just stopping and thinking, you know what? It is good. It's still good. There's still some wins worth selling. The things that come what I'm going through right, will never go, go away. There'll be another one there. Guarantee it. But celebrate the wins along the way. And you'll notice that you've come a long way. And I know some of you here this, this morning... You've told me. You've told me some of the things you're up against. you told me the setbacks. But it's often the very same people that come and, and you know, open their heart to me or Cassia and, and just say what they're going through that we, we, we're like, hold on. You're the, you're the ones really that are achieving so much in your life right now. You've got this going on for you. You've got that going on for you. And sometimes we can just get clouded. Uh, a reality can be clouded by what we're coming up against and you're not seeing the things worth celebrating in your life. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in God. Get His perspective. Get into His presence. Hear His voice. It is good. It is good. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? There is much worth celebrating in your life this morning. Amen? Listen, sometimes we can, take, we can be a cop-out and we can just, just focus on everything that Christ has done for us. We did it this morning, communion time on the cross. There's nothing greater to, to acknowledge than that in our world. And, and we just, you know, whatever we're going through, it doesn't seem to matter because, you know, Christ set us free. That's a bit of a cop-out. I think there's some things in our life worth celebrating. There's some achievements that we've made that God's already got us through part of the journey. 
that the only good thing in your life isn't just the cross. There's many good things in your life. God has come through many times in your life. We need to remember them. We need to stop at the end of each time and go, you know what? It is good. You know? Celebrate like we celebrate over a child making that first step, that advancement. Yeah, we did it. It may seem silly of celebration. Don't lose over a child. Don't lose that. Just turn that back to your own life. I wonder how long it's been for some of us that we've really thought well of ourselves. We've really been encouraged by ourselves. Think that, yeah, yeah, we've got some goods in us. We can do it. Some people, it could have been a long, long time since you've had those thoughts. Why don't you close your eyes this morning? This is not going to come down to my voice. This is going to come down to the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart right now, encouraging you, building you up. Don't forget how far you've come. I could prophesy over every single one in this room this morning, encouraging you, shifting your focus onto things from God's perspective. I could do that really easy, but I don't want my voice to be what you hear this morning. Hear the voice of the Lord. Not only does He say over you, it is very good. Uh, It is good. He says it is very, very good. You are the pinnacle of His creation. You were the thing that He left to last and he spent the most time and effort on. Don't think so poorly of yourself. Some of you need to think back to where you were five years ago, ten years ago, possibly even one year ago. Come on, there's some goodness worth recognizing there. There's some breakthrough. The hand of God was right through your last season in your life. He brought you to this place, to this morning, right here and right now into his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for never letting that smoldering wick go out. Thank you for never letting that bruised reed be broken. You've carried us through. We've come a long way. Come on, you start to thank him in your own. This isn't me speaking this morning. You think, encourage yourself. Get a good perspective on what he's doing in your life. God is good. Yes, there's so much more to achieve, but that's fine. Celebrate along the way. What is he doing? What's he set you free from? There is so much worthy, uh, worth celebrating this morning. Thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. Your mercies are new every day for us. You've taken us from glory to glory to glory. We're moving forwards into what you have for us. We're so thankful. We're so grateful. Come on, let's sing this song together. And you sing with all your heart. You thank Him for what He's doing in your world. The more we thank Him and acknowledge Him, the more it gives Him a ticket into doing more in your world. Do you hear that?
the more we come with gratitude and we thank Him for what He's done, it opens more doors in your life. Come on, let's sing. You can sing over the top of me. You alone. 